You are listening to the Vine Church Sermon Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more information about the Vine Church, please visit our website at www.thevinemadison.org. If you have a Bible, let's open it up to Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 15. This is a, it's a hard shift, all right, but um, man, it's something so joyful, and now we ju- jump into something in God's Word that's challenging, okay? So we're going to um, check this out this morning, and it's Jesus interacting with some of his opponents, and what they're trying to do is put Jesus in a lose-lose situation. Y'all ever been in a lose-lose situation? It's not fun, and it's part of our human experience, though. If you think creatively right now, you can probably think, yeah, that was a time when I was in a lose-lose situation. For me, this has landed recently in chatting with a lot of my friends who are pastors. And this past year has created, for many of my pastor friends, thankfully it hasn't been for us and our eldership too severe, but a lot of my pastor friends that I've talked to have found themselves in lose-lose situations in this past year. And it's just been brought about by... COVID. Let me just give you some quotes. Uh, We're leaving the church if we have to wear masks. We're leaving the church if we don't have to wear masks. Right? Don't you think it's wise to resist the long arm of the government infringing on our lives? Don't you think it's wise to submit to the governing authorities? I mean, haven't you read Romans 13? Hello? Why would you trust the experts? You can't believe anything on the internet these days. Why don't you trust the experts? Don't you believe in science? I mean, that's, that's the situation for many of my brothers as pastors. Again, thankfully, I, man, I praise God for the Vine Church. We have not had this kind of thing very much. And so it's a joy to be a pastor here. It really is. I'm not an epidemiologist, zero training in that area. You know, many pastors felt so overwhelmed being thrust in this situation to have to make decisions that have consequences for people. But it's just a big lose-lose situation. No matter what, no matter what you decide, you're going to lose. It's no fun to be in that situation. You can't make everyone happy. And this is just one of the dark sides of leadership that you sign up for. You just can't make everybody happy when you lead an organization. And if you try, it's going to make things worse in the long term. Well, most of us know what it's like to be in a lose-lose situation, right? And that's exactly what Jesus' opponents are trying to create for him today in this text, okay? Now, let's take a look. Look at verse 15 with me. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him, Jesus, in his words. Okay, so... If you remember the last few weeks, chapter 21, we've got three poignant parables where Jesus is basically teaching that his opponents are not on the right track. And the resistance to Jesus ultimately will make them very uncomfortable in the future, right? So they're continuing the conflict here. They're not backing down. And they're trying to figure out how they can accuse him so they can kill him. So look at verse 16. And they sent their disciples 
to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you're not swayed by appearances. So what are they doing here? They're buttering Jesus up, right? Like, there's few worse things than this kind of lying, right? This, like, manipulation and, and, and deception. Just being ultimately fake. That's what these guys are doing. So here's the trap. They're setting the trap now. Look at verse 17. Tell us then what you think. Is it not lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So this is the trap. This is the lose-lose situation. Jesus, how are you going to answer this? Now here's the problem for us where we sit today, 2021. We don't have the mindset of an ancient Jewish person in the Middle East, right? So right now, right here in this moment, we have to think about how am I going to be a good student of the Bible, right? And what that means is we have to understand what's going on historically called the historical context. Like one of our deepest desires as, as elders that are called to teach the church is that you would be equipped to know how to handle your Bible correctly and rightly. It'd be so easy to, to be reading this text on your own and just like, well, I don't really get what's going on here. So just eyes glaze over onto the next thing, right? But then you'd be missing the riches of what God has provided in his word in this text. And so we don't want you to do that. We want you to be equipped. Now, there's a lot we could say that I'm not going to say about how to be equipped. But one of the easiest on-ramps for you to understand historically what's going on here is simply to get something called a study Bible. A study Bible. I'd recommend the ESV study Bible. You just type it into Amazon or, or whatever and, and, and get a study Bible. Because there will be a little note down below that will explain a little bit about what's going on so that you can then engage with this, te with this text when you're not an expert on ancient Middle Eastern political theory. Okay? So, quick, uh, just side note, I'd love for you to get a study Bible. It's really important and helpful. But I'm just going to tell you, okay? So here's what's going on historically so we can feel the weight of this trap that they're trying to set. Pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, on the one hand, if Jesus says, yes, I teach people to pay taxes to Caesar, what's that going to do? Well, it's going to create alienation from all these Jewish people that are listening to Jesus and wanting to follow him. Why? Because paying taxes to the Romans is akin to being complicit with the oppressor. That's what the Romans were. They came in and they took land from everybody throughout the world. They just came in as an imperialistic force. And the Jewish people hated that. You can understand why that would be, right? And so Jesus says, yes, pay taxes. What does that mean? It means, well, it might mean that Jesus is supporting the Romans which would create a huge problem from all these Jewish people who are listening to him. And that's what his opponents wanted, stir up trouble. So that's one side of the lose-lose situation. But if he says no, 
I'm Jesus. I'm an I'm a influential teacher. People are listening to me. People are following me. And if the Roman authorities hear me saying, no, don't pay your taxes, you can imagine how that would make them feel, right? That's charge of insurrection, which Rome took very, very seriously. And then the Pharisees could go and they could tattle on Jesus and get him in trouble. So this is the other side of the lose-lose situation. You with me? So it's either lose Jewish following or have Rome breathing down your neck. And neither one would be good in their mind. That's why they're asking the question. So there, there's a little, a little bit about the historical context that helps us understand. Now, let's look at what Jesus responds with. But Jesus, aware of their malice, verse 18, said, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? So on, a, on an ancient coin, it would have the, the, the likeness and inscription of Caesar or of the Roman emperor at the time. Verse 21, they said Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore render to Caesar. Now this is the punchline, all right? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled. And they left him and went away. All right, so what is Jesus doing? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. What Jesus seems to be saying is that there's some things that are the realm of Caesar, the realm of the government authorities, okay? And some things that are clearly the realm of God and not the realm of them. And you should know which is which. If it's the realm of the government, in general, submit. Don't resist. But submission to government has its limits. If government encroaches on the realm of God, then you resist. Simple, right? Maybe not, because here's where the rubber meets the road. What exactly is the realm of Caesar, and what exactly is the realm of God? That's a key question for our discipleship this morning. Like, when do you submit to government and when do you not? When is civil disobedience approved by God and when is it not? Like, Jesus seems to think here that submission to, an, to a government, even an unjust government, is necessary at times. Like, Jesus didn't come to build top-down political, authoritary, military structures. What did Jesus say? My kingdom is not of this world. Like, if Jesus wanted to set up top-down authoritarian government that rules and reigns in power structures of the world's eyes, he would have done that. But take note, that day is coming. You could read the book of Revelation. 
and see that that day is coming. It just didn't come the first time. It comes the second time. But that day is not today. That day is not today. Now, does that mean that politics are unimportant? And that government and authority structures are unimportant? No. But it's important for us to note that they're probably not ultimate. They're probably not ultimate. And, and here's the rub it, it, that we just have to kind of adjust to and, and, and learn to live with. No matter what government system, it's always going to be messed up. Why? Because human governments are led by humans, and humans are fallen creatures that are sinful, right? So we're all going to have to submit to an unjust government in some sense in our lives. We will have to render to Caesar our ruling authorities money, time, and not resist. Like the Bible clearly teaches, pray for the emperor. Don't resist those in authority over you. Yeah, you should read Romans 13, 1 through 7, and think about that for your life. Like, the Bible does teach that a posture of submission to ruling authorities is really good for us in so many situations. And it's going to be probably hard for all of us in all of our lives to say that we enjoy submission to ruling authorities, especially when it comes to things like taxation, right? But again... This is just kind of like a pillar I think we need to, to have ex as expectation in our head that submitting to ruling authorities that are never perfect will, might, might not ever be something we rejoice in, okay? It's just part of the tension of living in the fallen world. They felt it back then, clearly, and, and we feel it today. But again, let me, let me remind us, this doesn't mean that we should just be apathetic. Well, it's all going to be imperfect, so let's just give up. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Like, we should, Christians should be engaged in politics. Christians should vote for just laws that support things for the sake of human flourishing as God defines human flourishing, right? We just have to have the right expectations, okay? It's never going to be perfectly just. There's always going to be times when it feels really hard. Have your expectations managed. Like, there's a time to not resist our government authorities. And just think about it like this, like where we live in Madison, once a week the garbage man comes. Like I'm thankful for that. We've got decent roads. We've got the belt line out here. They're adding a lane, I've heard. Not as many traffic jams. Like that's a good thing. We've got laws that protect us when you go out to eat so that you're not served spoiled food. We've got lots of other things. We've got a police department. We've got 911. You know, we've got, we've got um, a fire department, right? Jesus is saying, if you, you know, those Romans, yeah, they're unjust, but they also built these roads so you can travel. And they built these aqueducts, right? So you, you're benefiting as well, so, so it would make sense that you would pay your taxes. So let me just sum up. It seems like Jesus is saying that we should submit to the government authorities in most circumstances 
as long as the government doesn't cross the line. Now, here's the question. Where's the line? Great question. Well, the Bible doesn't leave us just completely in the dark. We resist when the government is seeking to take away from us things that are clearly part of our obedience to God. Okay? When the government encroaches and seeks to restrain those things that we know are clearly things of obedience to our Heavenly Father. Let me give you an example. This is a classic one from the book of Acts. Okay? So Peter and John and the apostles have seen the risen Christ, but we just celebrated at Easter. And as Christians, we have to be people that can't shut up about the risen Christ. If Christ is raised from the dead, he rules and reigns even now, and he's laid down his life for his people, raised from the dead, ruling and reigning. That's a message that people need to come to terms with, right? That's something we shouldn't be apathetic about. And you'll see that as you read the book of Acts. That's the last thing they are is apathetic. They just keep talking about the risen Christ, the risen Christ, the risen Christ. He's risen from the dead. Believe in him. He's risen from the dead. Believe in him. Well, this message, as you can imagine, the ruling authorities that had Jesus put to death, they were not excited about that. And they commanded them, dragged him into prison, beat him up, commanded them, you got to shut up about Jesus. You just have to shut up about Jesus. And this is what Peter and John and the disciples said twice in chapter 4 and chapter 5. It'll be on the screen here. What they said to the ruling authorities. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And then again in chapter 5, same kind of situation, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Translation, if you tell us to stop telling people about Jesus, we will not obey the ruling authorities. Evangelism is not something that we're going to render to Caesar. We render that to God. And we will obey him as opposed to you. So there's clearly a time not to submit. So that's just kind of a basic framework, right? And that's what Jesus leaves them with. Hey, think about it. What belongs to Caesar? All right, don't submit. What belongs to God? Yeah, if, if, if that encroaches, then you, then you don't submit. And his opponents, they're left dumbfounded. He doesn't take the bait, he doesn't take the trap, and they just walk away. They don't know what to say. So what do we make of this text of Jesus? What do we make of this answer? Again, like I already said, for us today, there's a lot of ways that we benefit from the government and the structures. I listed them off. Fire departments, 911, Food and Drug Administration. You know, you can come up with lots of things. Garbage pickup, water, clean water. You drink from the tap, that's a blessing. So we pay our taxes. There's a time to not stick it to the man, okay? 
That's just one, there's a few examples. You can come up with a thousand other ones. But if the government tries to outlaw being a Christian, like in many places in the world today, like China, like the nation that we have targeted for church planted, planting, of which you can see pictures all over in our building now, for a Muslim to convert in, in this nation where we targeted for church planting, for a Muslim to convert, convert, that is against the law. So in that sense, if you're a member of this church, your giving goes to subvert the unjust government in our target city in North Africa. We will not obey the governing authorities in that sense. Again, now comes the tricky part. Which is which? When do you submit? When do you subvert? What are the things that are Caesar's and what are the things that are God's? Jesus, how can you just give us a list here? It would be easy, right? Just check some boxes. Well, I think he doesn't give us a list because that would be too easy. And that would maybe neglate, negate relationship. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read his word. It's just, I just follow the list. I'm good. I think God wants our hearts. God wants a relationship. God wants us submitted to him and relating to him and not just checking boxes. So I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't think we're going to solve all these ethical dilemmas and biblical knots that we could maybe tie ourselves into with how the Bible interacts with real life situations. I don't think we're going to uh, undo all of that in a 30-minute sermon, okay? Just so your expectations are managed here. There's going to be gray areas. A lot of us have different convictions. A lot of us have different convictions just about the government and these things, right? But, like, the extreme cases are always easy, right? Like, if the Nazis are on the march, slaughtering Jewish people, yeah, we resist. We will not submit to that as Christians. That's one extreme. The other extreme might be, like, if you feel like the government, the long arm of the government is too long to, like, force you to drive 55 on a highway or something, I think we got a different issue, discipleship-wise, okay? Like, the extremes are easy, but it's, the, it's the, more toward the center. Masks or no masks? Is that encroaching or is it not? Right? We find ourselves in situations that aren't so cut and dry. Like, I'll give you one. I don't know what we would do, but I'll just, I'll just raise a tricky one. If the government were to say, like Dane County government were to say that if the, the pandemic dragged on, let's say the pa pandemic dragged on for three years, and we were told for three years that we could not gather. I don't know. Personally, I think I might say it's time to disobey. Um, we're not there yet. And up to this point, the elders have felt like we're just going to go along with what Dane County is asking us to do. Other Christians feel differently. That's okay. But there would be a scenario where I could see the government encroaching on the things that are clearly God's, the gathering of his people, where we would say, sorry, we have to obey God and not men. I mean, that day is not today, right? 
I don't know what that time frame would be for us as a church, but you can feel how there's all these different competing values flying around, oftentimes when it comes to resist and not resist. And honestly, I think most of the time it's going to be a case-by-case basis. So let me try to equip you in closing here for the case-by-case basis, okay? Just some basic principles, what I call the normal means of being a Christian, that I think will equip you when you're trying to discern Caesar, God. I'm not sure which is which. Let me just give you five real quick ones and then we'll be done. Spend, just spend a lot of time in your Bible. The Bible is the means by which we renew our minds. Another way to say that might be to think correctly about things. I want to think God's thoughts. I don't want to think just my human thoughts. I want to think God's thoughts. I want to have God's blood pulsating through my veins. How do I do that? I do that by soaking in who he is through what he has revealed. This will renew my mind. Okay? So if I have a renewed mind, then I might be able to sort these things out a little better according to God's will. So I want to just understand biblical categories. I want to understand biblical wisdom. Like we can't have that by neglecting our Bible. There's such a blessing in you soaking in the scriptures. Okay? Number two, seek out godly people that love you and love God and seek their wisdom. The book of Proverbs says there's wisdom in seeking counsel. And I would say, like, there's wisdom in seeking counsel from those older than you, with more life experience, that have walked with God longer, that have soaked in the scriptures longer, all right? So soak in your Bible. Seek godly counsel. Number three, pray, pray, and pray some more. What does the Bible say? Cast your anxieties. I'm anxious because I can't figure out Caesar versus God here, and I want to do the right thing. I'm anxious. Cast that on God because he cares for you. He loves it when you bring a desire to please him to him in prayer. He loves to answer that prayer. Number four, spend some time fasting. The Bible assumes that as Christians we will fast. Jesus said not if you fast, but Jesus says when you fast. Fasting has a way of clarifying things, to tuning us into to who God is. We can be numbed Sometimes by physical pleasures. Not that they're all bad, but they can just have a numbing effect. I got all my physical needs met. What do I need God for? Well, when you take one of those physical needs away, it reminds you, oh yeah, I don't eat by just physical food. I eat by every word that comes from the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4. So fasting can help us just have more clarity of mind. Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Caesar, God, Caesar, God, I don't know how to make sense of it. Lord, help me. And then finally, number five, you just have to act. Act by faith. You do those basic things. I'm going to soak in the scriptures. I'm going to seek godly counsel. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. And then as I'm doing that, as, 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 as a means to walking with the Lord and communing with him, I know that he's going to be with me as I step out in faith. That's Christianity. I have to step out in faith, knowing that in the acting, in the stepping out, God promises to be with me, to never forsake me, right? 
if you've done those first four, you're probably going to be in, in a decent territory as you make a decision. Okay? So, man, in closing, may God help us. Right? May God help us. There's no clear roadmap other than some of the things that we've talked about this morning. And so it is going to be case-by-case basis. And that's another reason for community, right? That should be number six. Be in community, right? Be in community. We need to, like, hey, am I thinking rightly about this? As I open my Bible and you open your Bible, like, are we thinking rightly about this? Like, being connected to community is a really big deal. So I say again, may God help us. May God help us how to render things to Caesar as we should without arrogance, without um, just anger all the time because the government, right? There's a time to be angry at your government. There's a time to not be angry at your government, right? Lord, help us figure out Caesar versus God. Lord, would you have mercy on us? And may you enable, God, enable your church to move forward with courageous faith as we confront things like this. Amen? Let's pray.